Broadcasting from their dining room table in Long Beach, California, it's the Stonebirds with Dave Stone and Katie Strandberg. Get it? Advice and encouragement from two goofballs who can barely run their own lives. Call now at 562-548-2012 to be a part of the show. Now welcome the Stonebirds. Uh-huh. I like that riff. Na 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 na. Hmm. Na 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 na. Hmm. That's a technical term. Na 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 na. Uh, What's going on, Boo? Hi, Boo! How about you? Ah, oh, what a day. I am running down a dream. Is it running down a dream? Running down a dream. That's weird. It's chasing down a dream. Running down a dream. I always did that when I was singing along to it, like, running down. You probably did that with a lot of songs. Did it all? Oh, every song. Let's not be. <laughs> every single song. Excuse me while I kiss this guy. You know, that's, that's Jimi Hendrix. Oh, yeah. Excuse me while I kiss the sky. But a lot of people thought he said, excuse me while I kiss this guy. Okay, music snob. Okay, that's not even a music snobby thing. It's just (laughs) knowing the words to things. There's a bathroom on the right. Okay. CCR, Bad Moon Rising. There's a bad moon on the rise. There's a bathroom on the rise. Did you know that I was in a smash hit musical? By a smash hit director in Corona, California, mm-hmm. Children's Theater. Okay. <laughs> where I, they did a mock of that song. So it was like, um, there's a bad moon on, no, wait, that's the song. Mm. Mm. <laughs> so I guess I just sang that song. That's all right. Bro. There's a bad moon on the rise. <sighs> Auditioning. To community theater is very hard, especially for me. I was very nervous. I don't like being watched. Hmm. <laughs> well, I do. You're in the wrong line of work. <laughs> but it's just all your peers are there. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't have that many friends there. You had peers instead of friends. Yeah, <laughs> I did. I had, a, <laughs> you had like-minded individuals and ages. These are my colleagues. <laughs> Were you ever in a play when you were little? Uh, when I was little? Yeah, like community theater. I was in the uh, Johnson Elementary uh, first grade talent show where I breakdanced with a bunch of other kids. Oh and none my of us knew God. how to breakdance. Is there a tape of that somewhere? Probably. This would have been like 83, 84. <gasps> first grade, we all dressed up like breakdancers. Hey, I got all my parachute pants and a bandana around my knee. No way. Oh, I would pay so much money. To see that video. Yeah, it's pretty rad. Is that, it has to be on I'm sure somewhere. So. I, I, I'm sure somebody was videotaping it, but uh, yeah, what? none of it, there was like 10 of us. <laughs> like, we're all going to break dance. <laughs> and none of us knew how to dance regular, <laughs> much less breaking dancing. <laughs> and uh, I think, oh, and you know what song? <laughs> you know what song we did it to? I can't uh, wait. Let's hear it for the boy. <gasps> let's hear it for my baby. Wait, you mean the Bette Midler song? Is that Bette Midler? The, let's hear it for, for the boys. boys. Do, 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 do. The, yeah, the smash That's hit. That's Bette Midler? It's a woman singing, correct? 
Yeah, but I don't think it's Bette Midler. Oh, it is totally Bette Midler. <clears throat> He's looking up. Quick. No, Bette Midler. Uh, or she could have just done a cover, but I really feel like Let's Hear It for the Boys mm-hmm. is the smash hit by the Queen Diva Part 2 herself, Bette Midler. Queen Diva Part 1, guys, obviously is Cher. So go Cher, uh, Bette. Then, listen, it gets icky. It gets icky between... You know, my go-tos from the 90s. We got Christine Aguilera. We got Britney. But they're in a thing. They're in a feud always. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Is this Whitney? This Maybe it's Whitney. Denise Williams. Wow. Then, yeah. We were breakdancing. Ooh. <laughs> I don't this even know. Not even a hip-hop song. I love that. And it's a bunch of boys. <laughs> little six-year-old boys. <laughs> Lip sync and let's hear it for the boy. I, I, maybe we thought we're the boy. They're Was talking about the audience us. like, huh? I don't think anybody <laughs> read too much into it. In 1983, Woodstock, Georgia. Did you guys have choreography? Choreography? No, what? that's what that's what I'm saying. Like, just... We didn't rehearse. There was no choreography. <laughs> there was no practice. It was just it was just go out there and wiggle. Hey, Dave, go shake it up, buddy. Okay. Wow. My mom came. Yeah, it was in the lunchroom. Yes, it's always in the cafeteria. In the cafeteria, we had a little stage up there. And uh, yeah, just up there wiggling for three and a half minutes. Wow. Yeah. I'm going to do the itchworm. <laughs> remember remember the, 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 the worm or the inchworm? You did? Yeah, I did that. Nice. And then I would do the thing, the traditional breakdance move where they spin on their back and they whip their legs oh, around like a helicopter. Oh, that's cool. I would do that, but with no degree <laughs> of accuracy or skill, I would just swirl around. Well, break dancing scared me so much. Like the cool kids. Did. Oh. This again goes to my thing that you're a cool kid and you don't know because the cool kid in my school, in all my schooling, mm-hmm. they were break dancers and they also that intimidated me. Handball intimidated me. Handball. Remember handball? Battle from- ball. You mean handball from elementary school? What what were the rules of handball? Okay, so it's a big, huge, like board into the sky uh-huh. that's on the playground, and you take a ball and you you hit it, and it goes to the wall, and then there's two players. It's a, it's like racquetball, but but with, but with hands. Oh, okay. So what did handball. you say? There's a big board into the sky. Yeah, it's a big board. Didn't you guys have handball boards? No. Oh. I get like doing like, it up against a brick wall or something. Yeah, it's like a wall, but it's a like a board. Oh, okay. So yeah, I guess it's a it's a it's a playground made wall. Okay, I got you. I got you. Did you play handball? Uh, I think we did. We were more into battle ball, dodgeball. We called it battle ball. Oh, I that, hated that. That was a treat. Ball. That was like maybe on Fridays in, in PE. Like oh shit, today we're playing battle ball. Not interested. And that was like oh, it's on. Like I all can, the little oh. shits that I had a problem with and have a, that I had a beef with. Like I'm gonna get him. <laughs> I'm throwing it him first. <laughs> I hated dodgeball so much because I freeze. When I get scared, I just freeze. And so I always got hit first. Yeah. And there was some beauty in, in, in the defensive uh, theory behind it, too. The strategy of, uh, like, and it really was. It, this brought out the, man, I, I bet a psychologist could really do a study on this. Oh, no. But it brought out the, oh, shit, like, I'm going to settle some scores today. Okay, I've been so, holding it in all week, 
And little little Travis over there stole my Capri Sun. He thinks I don't know, but I know. Guess what? He's going down. Oh, poor Travis. And uh, there was something beautiful about the defensive component to it as well, because when your rival threw it at you and you're the target, you know, the, 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 the hunter is now the hunted. But it, when he threw it at you and you caught it and it was like, sit down, punk. That was fun. Yeah, like, I hated it. it. I hated it you know so what I'm much. About yes, that? I do. I catch it. am getting anxious oh. hearing you because you just solidified what I always thought. Mm-hmm. I would always say, no, because people are going to take their anger out during yeah. this game. Yeah. And you're saying that's what you did. Yeah. And everyone always said, no, Katie, you're being rude. It's just a fun game. It wasn't fun. Mm-mm. I had a bruise. I had a bruise all the time from freaking dodgeball. I hated dodgeball. <laughs> I wonder if, if they're allowed to play dodgeball in school now. I mean, it's a horrible game. I mean, there, was, a, there was bloodshed. <laughs> like, know. there was always at least once a game, somebody would get popped in the nose or the lip, and then there'd be blood. I remember they separated girls and boys, so that was a little easier. Um, I think that was after my, like, third welt on my leg. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was the target. I never took someone's caprice in, though. I didn't. What? You said that someone took your Capri Sun. Capri Sun. It's two words. Capri Sun. Capri Sun. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yes, the folded up. Is that how up you pronounce it? Capri Sun. Capri Sun? Capri Sun. That sounds like a, a car. Got the new Pontiac Capri Sun. <laughs> Capri Sun. Capri Sun. You're joking with me, right? No, I swear to God, that's how I say it. I don't know how they do it in rural Georgia. We raid the package. <laughs> See how there's two words there? We're going to pronounce them both separately. That's how we did it in Georgia. <laughs> <laughs> you doofus. That is Capricin. Capricin. You're pulling my leg. I'm not. I can't lie. You know this. And so I'm looking at you, and I'm not. I Capricin. Little Katie Strandberg told her mom to be sure to pack a Capri Sun. Yeah, my, no one lunch. ever corrected me. This explains a lot. Oh, I don't think I was listened to ever growing up. <laughs> <laughs> I would always have to go to the store with my mom or Susie. Like, I would just grab stuff. Probably because they didn't know what I was talking about. Yeah, they're like, wait, I don't know. I would like some mustard. <laughs> <laughs> Was that a good one? Not really, See, but I appreciate the effort. <laughs> oh, God, we are goofy today. We are. Oh. I, got, I just recovered from the hiccups. Oh, I know. I made that spicy. Thanks to your fiery margarita. Yep. I looked up how to make a jalapeno margarita. It's delicious. At home. I don't drink, but I love making drinks. You are, uh, you're quite the mixologist for someone who doesn't drink. I know. Well, it's because I had so many years of drinking. That's true. I know how to make them so oh. you can't taste the alcohol, and that's the funnest part. Hmm. Right? Isn't that why everyone <laughs> drinks? <laughs> and that's why I don't drink anymore. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. What a day. Happy Pride. Boo, happy Pride. It's all weekend, right? Yeah, it's Long Beach Pride. I waved at some gay people today. Good. On your little stoop, Mm -hmm. on your chair. Out out on the neighborhood watch, (laughs) out on my stoop with with my chair. And uh, I guess Pride got canceled. Yeah. At least here in Long Beach. And uh, (laughs) 
the man ain't going to keep the gay folks down. Not around here. Nope. They're like, uh, nice try. It's so fun. It's like a parade of cars honking and screaming. It's all unorganized bootleg parades. It's so cute. <laughs> and you see everybody with their little masks on and <laughs> their beautiful fun flags. I love it. I love it. I love it. And they're they're shocked it. to get a wave at yeah. me because I'm sitting out on my porch with my <laughs> black Carhartt t-shirt, my camo shorts, <laughs> and my Aryan Nation haircut. And they're like, oh, he's probably not. Oh, he's waving. Oh, God. But I'm just like, hey. I was waving at everybody on my walk with Charlie. And I'm wearing my gay pride shirt, which is Bravo is, Bravo TV is my love language. That's right. And so I kept... Like waving at people because I'm assuming if you like Bravo TV that you are gay. Well, I think those demographics kind of and interact. that is not me being small minded. It's actually I think very no, true. That's yeah. I mean, here's a question: Like, how mm. many straight men are watching Bravo TV? Okay, so Jer- uh, remember Kush from Smash Hit movie Jerry Maguire, Jerry O'Connell. He does. <laughs> he watches. He's a straight man. He's married. He's married to Rebecca Romaine. Mm-hmm. O'Connell now, I guess. That's her last name. It used to be Stamos. Mm-hmm. How or, do you know he watches Bravo? Because he has his own Bravo show where he talks about it. Like, he is very passionate about it. He loves it. Oh, he yeah. has a show where he talks about other Bravo shows? Yeah. Well, oh, he boy. did. I don't know if it went kept going. But he's okay. on a lot of the podcast panels. Oh. You know, yeah, he's very much. He's a straight man. Yes. Interesting. He's married to Rebecca. Do you know who Rebecca Romain? Yeah, she never did it for me. I know she was a real bombshell in the 90s, but I was always, there was something about her that I was just like, meh. She's a hot commod. Everybody thinks so. She had too much of an (laughs) ant quality or something. Really? Yeah, she had too much of a school teacher. Rebecca hot ass Yeah, I I know on the surface she's, you know, smoking hot, but, and I'm not saying she's, you know, hideous, but uh, she's, I was, I flip, flip right past the page in that book. Really? No, thanks. Huh. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> oh, what are we doing? What are we talking about, Boo? Well, we've had a fun week. I have had a fun week. I've been Prides working, in town. Prides in town. I've been working on my Katie closet. Oh, Lord. I this know. has been, you've logged about 40 hours plus. You're in overtime right now. I am in closet. overtime. I paying you time and a half. We have a walk-in closet in our living room, mm-hmm. and it is now transformed into a den of Katie. There's crafting stuff. There's a fun chair. There's a lot of glue. <laughs> no, I don't like snip glue, but I'm just saying, in the crafting section, there's... <laughs> we finally put our finger. <laughs> she stopped drinking. But she's been snorting glue for three years. That's what's up with you. Oh, I've been organizing. I mean, it is lit. L-I-T. If the kids are staying that still, it is. Uh-huh. Oh, I'm pretty pumped. <laughs> yeah, you've really got you a nice little uh, cubby, well, little opium den in there. <laughs> it's nice. It is. It's You fun. bought a chair specifically for the closet. I did. It's like a narrow recliner. Yes, and it was on the flash sale it's on so Amazon. Cool. I love the flash sales. You so, have to get the updates on your phone. Just to paint this picture, <laughs> what's going on? Is that Charlie's Charlie? upset because Truman's blocking the door? The boys behave. Um, <sighs> it's our walk-in closet is in the living room, 
And it, uh, if you can imagine, it's it's under the staircase of our upstairs neighbor's stairs. That's a so very, So it's one yes. of those that starts off, you know, like a normal rectangle. And... Uh, then it goes to a diagonal. Yeah, then there's yeah. a diagonal. So it, it definitely adds to the little the cubbyhole cave. vibe, the cave. Yeah. It's just... Charlie. Okay, Charlie, Charlie stop it. Just whining. He's he's in a tough. Well, I don't know. He's upset about pride. He wanted it to be a real parade. <laughs> um, yeah, it is my own little corner in this world. I love this place. You're more than welcome to sit in the chair. I do ask you to make a craft. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you sit in the chair, you got to make a craft. Have you made any crafts yet? Yes, I have. I made, I'm in the works of making something out of trash right now. Because <laughs> hmm. it's amazing what you could do with packaging. Uh-huh. So I think it's getting weird in there. I'm not good at crafting, but I'd like to try. Charlie? Okay. He's, um, what kind of trash? Hold on. We're okay, going to have to hold. pause. We got to hold. Hold. All right. There we go. All right. Took care, Charlie. <laughs> idiot. I love him, but he is so dumb. He's the dumbest dog. He really is dumb. He was crying because Truman's in the same room as him. And it, he was afraid that Truman, our beautiful cat, would attack him exiting the bedroom. Mm-hmm. Oh, Charlie. Anyway, garbage. Yeah, garbage. Okay, so t- like the other day, I was using the bathroom, right? <laughs> this is not, don't worry, I don't take you fecal to, matter. <laughs> yeah, you didn't have to start there. But um, I looked and the toilet paper was out. I was like, oh, hey, toilet paper roll. Uh-huh. This is a perfect crafting thing. Uh-huh. Did I look up what to make with a toilet paper roll? No. Did I try and, you know, figure out something useful? No, I just started to paint it. See where my artistic abilities take me. So with no uh, further <laughs> plans, you just started painting. Yeah, you just got to create. You know what I mean? You just got to let that paint go. And what do we, we end up with? It just wasn't gray. I threw it away. What color did you paint it? <laughs> well, it started off peach, but then it was too peach. So then I added brown. And then it just, but it was on cardboard. But like you didn't have an, like, an idea of, well, this is going to be a... I'm going to turn this into a telescope. See, no, 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 no. I was just letting the know. paint take me on its journey. And it was a short journey. <laughs> it was a very short journey. Back to the trash can. <laughs> it's a cycle of life. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, God. You've been busy this week. Uh, two days ago, you were cleaning up vomit from the sidewalk in front of our apartment. Oh, my God. You're a good neighbor. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you so much. Well, Somebody, you you were the one that was like, I was just going to leave it. Yeah. I was letting you know the disgusting, awful... Yeah. Somebody puked out there. Oh, a You'll lot of puke. It. Okay, we won't uh, describe pe- it. People, they can envision But puke. it was on the sidewalk. Uh-huh. There's no way to walk around this puke because the puke is so much. So I had to get a thing of water and I had a little bit of bleach. A bucket of water. Oh, yeah, a bucket. Not, not like a thing. Like, a I'm just thing. trying to paint the picture. Right, it's a so full you, bucket, so you I'm had sorry. A pail. You had a pail of water. Yeah, and I... And I you didn't crack open a <laughs> Fuji. <laughs> just <laughs> one out for my homies. <laughs> that's what they do, right? I think. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> not with bottled water, but that's fine. Good Lord. So anyway, you were like, hey, somebody puked out there. <clears throat> and, and then you were like... <laughs> Anyway, yeah, I was, like, I was well, just gonna go and watch some housewives. Should one of us clean it up? 
And I, I suggested that one of us clean that up, but, but to your credit, <sighs> you hopped into action. I just said, okay. You, you were like a NASCAR pit crew. I was. I had to get out there. And then the goddamn stuff wouldn't get out just from the water. Mm-hmm. So I had to get a piece of cardboard. Thank God there's a couch mm-hmm. outside of our apartment filled with cardboard trash. Yeah. Oh, hey, come, come over to Dave and Katie's shanty hole. And there's a brown couch just sitting there. We had neighbors move out about <laughs> three weeks ago. I don't know. Two or three weeks ago. It the bothers couch is me. Still there. And I get. So much. I get when you move, you got stuff that you don't want to take with you. But you don't, you don't just leave it on the sidewalk. Just left it. Just <laughs> left it on the sidewalk. Look, I've left a number of things. On the sidewalk. Smaller items that people can maybe walk by and grab. Exactly. A small bookshelf or a lamp. Yeah. Or an old vacuum cleaner. Here a you puppy. go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no one took Charlie. Yeah. <laughs> but yes, and that's fine. But not a large used brown suede. Suede. fake suede. Fake suede. suede couch. That's like overstuffed. I mean, no one's I'm sorry. I'm sorry that you couldn't sell that or give it away. But it's your duty to take care of that person. <laughs> Sorry, I have a lot of anger today. <laughs> I do. Because it's like, it just shows. Here's the thing. Mm-hmm. Leaving that shows exactly who that person is. Is that fair? Yes. Okay. <laughs> You're right. It, okay. Well, no, I, I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm saying, um, well, that's funny that you bring that up because there's a new, I saw some new, a couple of different studies or articles, maybe this, somebody did a study and there's multiple articles about it, about put it, returning your buggy or your cart at the uh, the grocery store. Which I always do. I do too. Which I always not to, do. Not to v- virtue signal. By the way, you can never take pride in, in doing something good anymore without being accused of virtue signaling. What's virtue signaling? Oh, look how he's talking about what a good person he is. Like virtue is that a that's, thing? That's a new. It's a phrase. Virtue, virtue signaling. Yeah, virtue signaling. Like if I just rant and rave about a particular moral issue, you know, like I'm against whatever, then then I'm virtue signaling. Interesting. Oh, you're telling us that you are not that. Gotcha. Oh, but at okay. the same time, like it's the same way you you can't fucking subtweet, or you're supposed to sub. Oh, I, see, sub-tweet. this is why I don't like Twitter. Twitter's weird. I, you can't. I can't just tweet. Carl Malone sucked at basketball. Even though that's <laughs> you know that's an example. He he was great at basketball. Somebody be like, you're supposed to at Carl Malone. You suck at basketball. Like, no, I like. Oh, they correct you in no, another tweet? No, they no, they want you. I can't just write Carl Malone sucks at basketball. Oh. I have to at him. I have to tweet at him. Oh. And tell him that he sucks at basketball. Ew. Like we don't do that in real life. Like if we're at a party and somebody's talking smack about somebody, I don't immediately pick up the phone and hand it to him. Here. Say it to their <laughs> ear. Like <laughs> Anyway, I don't know how we got off on that, but virtue no. signaling. Okay. Um, but yeah, taking, what was the study about the uh, Oh, just tarts? about how that's a, a great representation of what kind of person you are. Yes. If you do, like, because, it, well, and it talked about, like, self-governing, like, you know, giving people the opportunity to, to do things on their own, you know, and mo- I don't know what the percentage, I don't know if they did surveys or whatever, but man, that pisses me off. Like, yeah. dude, 
You went into the, we live in a country, and I'm, I'm not patriotic by any means, but we live in a place, we live in a time where, until recently, you could go into a grocery store and buy whatever you want. Yeah. And then take it out to your car and drive home. The very, really, you can't, the very least, you can't just return your cart. I'm just, I'm done with this, and I'll leave it here. <laughs> okay. Here's like, when. Put it back in the little, uh, what the roundup the thing. thing. I will give a few people passes on this. Here are the few people I will give passes on. Okay, all the parents that have like screaming kids and they are, and they with the inch of their life are putting in that bag and everyone's chaos and awful and they're just like, oh God, I just need to. And yes, I give that person a pass. Signed up for it. I, okay, I give a very elderly person a pass. Elderly and the disabled, I'll give them a pass. And you know what? I'm just going to give everyone a pass. <laughs> Just kidding. I just told you. But that I don't know why that always pisses me off. Like I just it, well, it's such yeah. entitlement. Like you get it. I'm done with this. Like it's thirty feet across the park. What park. do you do if that is full, and then the other one is farther? Then they have screaming children in the car. They can't leave their kids. That I'm fine with. Okay, because you tried. Yeah, it's not your fault that. Target is, you know, short-staffed today, and they don't have the buggy roundup guy out there running around. Hey, I tried. I brought it to the thing. Like, let it overflow, whatever. <laughs> but even that, I mean, I'll, I'll let that slide. But it, with me, I'm going to virtue signal real quick. I would take it into the store directly. Oh, I do that a lot Oh, times, do you? Just to get the exercise. And just if anybody's watching. Oh, hey, Oh, I don't do that. What a good fellow that guy is. I go to the thing because I think putting it into the store Mm -hmm. is basically like in that awkward position when you're at the cashier and you're putting stuff in the bags. Mm -hmm. I don't want to get yelled at like, I got it. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I I don't know what the manners is. What the protocol is. Yeah, the protocol with that. I don't think they mind you returning it because... you know, Remember when you got yelled at for bagging groceries? Well, that's what I'm one saying. Time? I don't think that they remind you once. returning a cart, but yeah, well, I did get snapped at. <laughs> and then they forgot something. <laughs> yeah, and I'm like, that's why I wanted to bag it, lady. Oh, the irony! Oh. And I was trying to help out because it was—it's not like I elbowed the little <laughs> the teenager out of the way. Yeah. and did it. Uh, the reason I'm trying to do this, lady, is because no one's here to do it, and I'm trying to help you out so you don't have to do two jobs, but. Anyway, I don't know how we got started on that. Oh, is leaving your couch out on the sidewalk. I don't know if they, in their defense, they may have called large item pickup and Uh large item pickup may have never come. Wow, that sounds like a them problem, doesn't it? Maybe Maybe they should have figured out, (laughs) hey, oh, okay, they can't, then let me, let me figure this out. But no, I'm just going to do whatever the fuck I want and fuck you guys. You all right there, boo? (laughs) Yeah, I'm sorry. Right. <laughs> you're a little. Uh, I'm a little, you're a little tense today. I am tense today, guys. Uh, do you want to talk about what happened today? And yeah, in the family. Yes, I do. I have a sister who's a drunk, and I have been protecting my sister who is a drunk, not because I want to, but because I've gotten threatened by her multiple times that she's going to sue me due to uh, defamation of character. Um, so She's going to sue me for definition of character. Definition of, well, it goes both. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. I, That's I, not the worst thing she's oh, no, threatened no. you with. No, no, But I, so anyway, I've, I, I just, I've been saying it's someone. Can we address that real quick? I don't mean to interrupt, but oh. I feel like if we're going to go down this road, oh, no. that needs to be fucking addressed. 
What? The affirmation uh, of character? No. Threatening oh. you with, with being a litigious dickhead is the least of her threats. Yeah. She, can I say? No. no? I don't. It, it's not a nice thing. Okay. And I don't want to. She threatened cartoonish level of violence yeah, against you. Yeah, she did. And uh, see, the thing, it, it's so weird. And I want to know, I want everyone to know what's going on with me right now. Because when you have a sibling, in my experience, my sibling has an addiction to alcohol. So she's an addict. Okay. Look, that's hard. Everybody gets it. That's a hard thing. I don't know the answers. I don't know anything, but I have been told like it's fine and everything's okay. And, and I feel like I'm just, (laughs) it's just really hard for me because when it's your sister, it's so hard to not be like, Wait, no, don't say that. You know, uh, I don't, uh, I don't want, like, I automatically go into defensive mode if anybody else tries to talk about her because I, I am loyal and I, I want to believe in this person, but it's so hard because when you have multiple psychiatrists, counselors, therapists, healers tell you that this one person creates such, uh, darkness inside you it's hard and and i i don't know i'm just what do you mean darkness inside you i think whenever my sister's brought up i get oh freaked out it's like it opens up a door and that's by the way yes not giving her an out but that's on me for being like what like it's almost like an obsession like you bring her up or someone brings her up and i get so nervous like i i feel like a scared cat you know and it's it it feels like oh my god because it's it's somebody who who is capable of anything and who has you know my whole life not been kind to me and I've been okay with it, okay with it, okay with it. And then today, finally, I was like, well, what if I'm just not okay with it? What if I'm not? And Well, you shouldn't have to be okay with receiving uh, the behavior she's thrown you away. Yes. Like some of the bullshit that she has pulled is completely unacceptable, drunk or sober. No, it is. And here's, you know, and I I don't want to get off on this whole debate, but... How much do we blame on the alcohol and how much do we blame on, oh, you're kind of a shithead when you're sober? Well, here's, yes, I know. I don't know. And I don't know. Listen, I have been, by the way, hello, my name is Katie. I was a big fun drunk. And by fun, I mean evil. I would get sad. I would get dark. I was, I would pick fights. I was not kind. You weren't evil though. You weren't evil. But I wasn't. It wasn't a good look on me, right? No, it wasn't a good look on. Okay, so. But my point is. But even at my blackest out drunk, mm-hmm. even at those nights when I'm like, oh, my shoes are still on when I wake up, happened many times. I still remember even a glimpse of, oh, I said something really shitty to that person, and guess what? It usually was true. There was some heart in there Mm -hmm. about what I really thought about that person. Mm -hmm. So excuse me if we can't just say, hey, uh, maybe you just really hate me. (laughs) Well, and then your sister is a big proponent of the not my fault. I was drunk. Yeah. Like uh, horse shit. Take some ownership. I don't remember saying bullshit. 
you may not remember everything, but don't tell me you've forgotten everything that happened last night. Yeah. You know? I mean, I not just... Not my thoughts as John. Yeah. Uh, no. Negative. I just am so... You, there's a, uh, a scene in a smash hit movie called Rachel Getting Married. It's a very dark indie movie that I was obsessed with for many years, starring Anne Hathaway. Anyway, there's a part, Anne Hathaway plays an addict. She comes home for her sister's wedding. The sister's the normal one. I'm putting that in quotes because no one is normal. But the sister has this huge dramatic fight with her, and she's like, anytime I bring up your name, dad is awakened. Like, he's he's like, how is she doing? What's up with her? And that's how I feel, like, with my sister. Like, it, there, I feel like I'm this like beige character in my family, and then Judy is like all the color, and and it awakens my dad when I say like he'll just go, launch into talking about her, and and it's it's almost like an addiction that he talks about her. You know what I mean? Yeah, I don't I don't understand that at all. And of course, I'm biased towards you, but it does. I don't understand the concept of I got two daughters. One's a goddamn nightmare. <laughs> She's a tornado of bullshit. She really is. Like, bullshit follows her wherever she goes. And you got another one. Of course I'm biased, but regardless of what your dad's opinion of you is, you got another one who does nothing but try to bring joy and happiness and positivity wherever she goes. Is, is a shining light. Is, is a plus and not a negative. So you got these two sisters... Uh, logic would tell you if you favored either one of them, it might be the one that brings some positivity and light into the world. Nope. Nope. I'm going to uh-uh. favor the one who's constantly fucking people over, including her own family. It's. But hey, let's. Oh, she's still my daughter. I've heard. I've, I'm oh. sorry. No disrespect. No. Guess what? This this one over here is still your daughter too. How about you? Fucking credit where credits due. This it's... she she's still my daughter. Well, your daughter's a grown woman who's a goddamn maniac. And, and again, hey, and I'm not piling on. I'm sorry if I'm no. coming off as too aggressive. No, no, no. Okay? But this isn't an opinion. This is based off of the very short history that I have with her. Yeah. In the, in the few years that you've known her a lot longer than I have, but in I the have. few years that I've known her, it's just example after example after example after example of terrible behavior not eh, <laughs> i was having a bad day not and eh, no one's perfect no no you are proactively going out of your way to be a piece of shit <laughs> example after example after example after example we could go on well so how about you cut the other one a little fucking slack every now and then <laughs> Good Lord. no it's 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 so frustrating and it's tiring and it's if you have that in your family, it is the most annoying thing. Because here's what it does to me. Uh, you talk about that, right? Like, in my mind just now, I was like, oh, no. Well, she's not that bad. And, like, I start making excuses excuses for her in my head. And then I'm like, well, wait, what does that say about me? Like, my overthinking goes into overdrive. And I just, it it feels like... And I said this earlier to you, why do I let this one person have so much power in my life? And that's me. That's some me stuff. Because I shouldn't even be talking about it because that's how little it should be on my radar. Mm -hmm. You know, it shouldn't even, it should be like, what? Who? But I was, 
and I don't know if anyone listened to the podcast when I talk about my mom, but when my sister passed away when I was 13, Judy bolted to Colorado because she had to finish college, and I was with my parents. And my goal in life at that point was, okay, I'm going to be Susie, who passed away, and who was like the matriarch of our family, and I'm going to make every single person happy in our family, and we're going to be fine, the, the three of us. And then Judy would kind of come in, and I remember they would always get excited to see her because you never knew when she would come in, when she would come out, when, you know, it was very like, um, I don't know, it was just interesting I say all that to say the reason I think I've made my family so huge in my life is because I remember being like, okay, this is my full-time job. Like, I'll get jobs and stuff, but I'm going to be a full-time sister, daughter, and family clown, whatever I need to be. And then I just, Judy didn't sign the same contract. You know what I mean? (laughs) And I feel like, you know, she did her. She did what she wanted to do. And I never really got that. I never, I know it probably looks like I did in ways, but I don't know. So there's kind of that part of me that's like, well, she gets to do whatever the fuck she wants. So let me, you know, like Mm -hmm. that kind of gives me permission. And growing up too, that gave me permission to do things that weren't great. But yeah, anyway, it's not a good look on me. (laughs) That's for sure. (laughs) So it's actually good because um, she is getting help right now. Uh, I was on the phone with rehab places all week. By the way, if you guys want to talk to somebody (laughs) regarding alcoholics, call a rehab place. They have some really good tips, (laughs) the people there. Now, did she go to rehab based on your suggestion, or was this just an odd coincidence? This was a very odd coincidence. I sent her an email with a link, and I said, I would love to have you in my life. I'm here to help when you want to get sober. Mm -hmm. And then I sent her the link to the place. And then the next, it was the next day, wasn't it? Um, Her neighbor, um, (laughs) that's what she calls him, by the way, not by name, neighbor, uh, texted me with, she went into a hospital detox, which is like a, I don't know, it's, that to me was like, huh, what? And I thought it was a lie because I've been lied to so many times by her. So I was like, all right, this is a lie. Mm-hmm. And so then I <laughs> probed the neighbor and he actually was telling the truth. But that's how that phone call today came up. She called today and I, I just, I, it really sent me on a weird spiral. Not like I'm going nuts and I feel bad for her, but it's like, God damn it. Get it, because uh, it's always about you, and it's always about that, and it's always about her getting sober, and it's always, it's like, you know, it'd be great. How are you, Katie? Oh, oh, thank you, imaginary sister. I'm good. Thank you for asking. It's never about that, ever. It's always about her sobriety or her husband's or her whatever it is, mm-hmm. and and it's and it's narcissist. Yeah, she doesn't give a shit about anybody but herself. Yeah. I mean, is that a fair statement? I think she is a narcissist, yes. I, I absolutely, and that is a hard personality type to have. Mm-hmm. 
I'm trying to be empathetic, but not be a doormat. And that's Mm -hmm. a hard thing for me. Yeah. I I get that you're in a tough position. You know, anybody else, I've told you this, anybody else in your life other than family that treated you half as poorly as this, you'd never speak to them again. If anybody treated me, pulled the bullshit on me that she's pulled on you, you're out of the circle. Tough shit. See you later. I keep my circle small for a reason. Well, and, like, and you've taught me that. And I, I think I was under an illusion. There is something about being the youngest that in a family of sisters, my older sisters, by the way, Judy is eight years older. Susie was 10 years older than me. Um, I'm the youngest. So I'm the baby of the family. I pretty much got everything I ever wanted. I know. I'm spoiled AF. But uh, I had such, like, my, oh, my gosh, I'm going to, I guess I'm going to cry. Sorry. Um, My sisters were, like, gods to me, you know? Like, I remember just sitting on um, the steps of their bathroom while they were getting ready and just gazing at them and, like, watching Judy, like, comb her huge, long, blonde hair and Susie doing something weird with a diffuser. And I just, I loved them. And I think when Susie passed, Judy felt the pressure to be like Susie, like how I felt. But she just couldn't do it because she was her and she wasn't Susie and neither am I. And we're all different people. So I think maybe in my heart, I was like, well, let's do a different sister thing. You know, I know you and Susie were two years apart and you were real close there towards the end, but maybe we could be, you know, I was almost like, you want to dance with me? Eh? Eh? (laughs) And instead of the person saying yes, they were like, fuck no, you're ugly (laughs) and ran away. (laughs) It's so... I think I've gotten sister propaganda from her my entire life because that didn't hold her accountable. Oh, we're sisters. Well, that doesn't fucking mean you can say that I'm ugly or that I'm like just vile things. But I put myself in that position and I'm talking about it right now. I, I think that's why I get so mad at myself. Well, and I said anybody other than family would be out of my circle, even family. You know, I'm lucky that I have a a very good relationship with my brother and my mom. But if my brother pulled the shit that she's pulled, guess what? We're still legally family, but maybe I'll see at Thanksgiving. Maybe I won't. But we're done. We're done as far as a day-to-day family relationship. And and I'm not over-exaggerating here. Like, you won't let me, (laughs) you know, have full disclosure here with some of these examples. But, I mean, I'm talking stuff... That is deal breakers across the board. Yeah. Of like, holy shit, drunk or not, you can't talk to another human being that way, much less somebody of your own family. Like, fuck right off. We're well, done. And that's... We're done. Like, and that's the part of the problem. And I'm not, and I've always prefaced this with you in person. Yeah. I'm not telling you to turn your back on your family. Yeah. I'm not telling you to abandon your family. Hey, I'm here if you need something, but... Other than that, fuck off. We, you've lost that privilege to be in my life based off of numerous examples. I, and again, I'm not talking about a one-time thing. Oh, she had a bad night and this happened. No, no. Patterns of behavior. Yeah. Like, so dysfunctional. This is what blew my mind, Boo. I'm, I'm 42. I've got a lot of life experience. I've, I've, I've seen a lot. I've experienced a lot. I've met thousands of people. 
<laughs> I've never seen anything like this. Yeah. I've never seen this level of dysfunction mm-hmm. also kind of brushed off as like, what are we supposed to do? Because that's, that's enabling. Yeah. yeah I mean, I've never seen this level of dysfunction until I met you. Well, and then met her. Yeah. It, and look, everybody's probably like, what? No, it is bad. It's, it's like a cartoonish. If I explain all the things. If we told, if we just rattled off the top 10, uh, nobody would believe us. Yeah. People think we're making it up. So I think here's, okay, here's what I can do right now. I'm trying to think like, why do I focus on this so much? And I think it's because I was manipulated mm-hmm. to think, okay, well, this is, this is going to be fine. Like when, when people pretend that it's not a big deal and no, this is a huge deal. This person needs to be held accountable um, if you look at it scientifically, they're fucking sick, so they have to get off of the shit and then get better. And their mind has, you're right, patterns of thought that are wrong. So I get all that stuff. And look, I am on all the meds, and I know it's not about me right now, but holy shit, like I get it, mental illness, I get the addiction thing. But I also get somebody manipulating a little sister into thinking that something's wrong with her to deflect from her behavior. Mm-hmm. And that's fucked up. Gaslighting. And that's me saying to little Katie, when I used to cry and, and she would be on one of her mood swings, like, no, this is wrong. And it was like, I no one, I couldn't get heard. No one heard me. And my mom did. My mom knew. So me and my mom were kind of there and Susie just like, beat the shit out of her all the time until they were like 16. They used to fight so much. So uh, turning, and I understand that like turning your back and not looking is a way of coping for a lot of people. Like just ignore, it'll go away. No, because that person is acting out for a reason. They want attention. So Mm -hmm. if they're not going to get that attention this way, they'll get it this way. And, And I just... It's like walking on eggshells all the time, even with phone conversations. I mean, I can't even trust saying anything like, hey, this is what's going on with me because I know it's going to be used against me in a year or two. Keep that locked up in the back and then I'll whip it out when it's Christmas. Well, and here's part B of my beef here. Okay. And, and again, I'll preface this by saying I'm not trying to be mean and I'm not trying to pile on for effect. I don't like... And you would tell me... Here's the thing. I don't like having this energy in me. Yes. You would tell me, though, Mm -hmm. if it was me. Because you have told me when it was me in the past. So that's what makes me feel good. I'm not punching down or, you know, piling on or whatever. Here's the thing. I'm protective and defensive of you. Hmm. Like, you're my number one priority in life. Your, Your safety and your happiness is my number one priority. I'm very protective of your heart. I know this sounds cheesy. No, I appreciate but it. I will lash out like a fucking grizzly bear <laughs> against anyone, family or not, who's going to try to attack you emotionally or definitely physically. But so my point is, this well, isn't me emo- just being yeah. mean. Okay? okay, this is me being protective of you. Okay, here's part B of my beef. It would be one thing. We all know that lovable person who's a sweetheart or a hard worker or any other list of. Attributes, you know, 
But oh, they 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 got a little problem. They got a little drinking problem. So and so's a good dude, but he drinks too much. Gets a little violent. Gets a little whatever. It would be one thing. <laughs> My point is, okay. Not only does she exhibit this unacceptable behavior, okay. There, to my knowledge, I've never heard or witnessed a sincere apology the next day or the next week or the next whatever. Okay, I've I have. Got, I got have those, gotten. I've gotten a sincere one. A before. sincere one. I have. Yeah, her first. The first time she went to rehab, I did. I got a, and I believed it. I did believe it. Um, but I understand. It's well, and I'm sorry to interrupt. She's just not. A, no one holds her accountable. Is my point. Yeah. I've never seen. Anybody in your family hold her accountable. It's oh well, that to quote your dad, not being a dickhead, but to quote your dad, that was in the past. Well, because she didn't fucking do anything about it, it's going to be the present any second now. There is a it, th- there's a weird connection there with my dad and my sister that I don't understand, that I never will understand, and I had that connection with my mom. I get it. Um, unfortunately, I actually do have a connection with my dad when Judy is out of it. And it just seems like more fun. And I don't know, it, it's, it's that one presence of somebody and everyone like just gets their shoulders. Like we're all nervous to be around this one person. Real quick, that's the point I was trying to make is no one, <laughs> it's, um, what's the point I'm trying to make? <laughs> it's not like she's a barrel of monkeys when she's sober. Yeah. Some drunks are, <laughs> are real sweethearts and a lot of fun when they're not being a dickhead drunk. Well, here's the thing, though. You've not seen her sober, so you can't really... Great point. You know? You ha- you don't know her sober. You've only seen her not. And that's what's hard, too, because I know there's good there. I've seen the good. I know there's good. I know that there's a, a good-hearted person in there. I know that that person has a lot of anger towards me. I know that I have a lot of anger towards her, and I know that that is a sisterly thing. Here's the other thing. Um, don't just say, oh, that's just sisters being sisters. No. Mm-hmm. There are sisters that fucking get along and that are fun and that text each other, and it doesn't have to be this, like, cat fight. I hate when people say that. It's not. It is about... Two people that I, I trigger her and she triggers me, and that is a messy situation. And being told a lot of my life, my adult life especially, that it's kind of my fault, like, oh, you know, it makes me want to just light everything on fire. But even <laughs> if there is some sibling rivalry bullshit, whatever, pick your battles, lady. Pick your battles, meaning... Don't start a fight because you ordered and paid for the family's grocery delivery. She's picking fights recently because you, oh, you had the nerve to order groceries for your elderly father. She's got a fucking beef with that. She got mad about that because. That really, you're going to find a way to turn that into a negative. Yeah, Well, that says a lot about who you are. Because I could have, it's it's coming from me, you know. If it was anything from anybody else, it would have been Jesus' second coming. But since it was me, <laughs> I, I've been in her head. I'm assuming, I, I don't want to speak for somebody, but in her head, I am a very good, I'm putting my anger here, and I have so much anger in my heart <laughs> and in my mind. And look, this girl has taken it before, and now that I've kind of am like, no, I'm not going to take it anymore. 
I'm throwing off the whole balance of the dysfunctional family game. You know what I mean? Well, and you've got someone in your corner now, too. That's very true. She's not happy about that. They're not very happy. Not happy that you're here. And and it's it's so great because I so appreciate that, boo, because I remember us living there with my dad and, and me and my nephew were so used to this vile behavior. And I remember you were like, this isn't normal, you guys. <laughs> Can like, I at least give that detail? Yeah, of course. <laughs> Big family argument, and you and your nephew are putting kettlebells and dumbbells in front of the door. Because there the wasn't a lock door, on it. So she wouldn't come in. Yeah. And like, I said, this is when, this is not okay. We were... If you're barricading yeah. <laughs> yourself inside your room because of this other person, this fucking other person needs to leave or go to jail. All right? We're not going to just quiver in fear. Well, and I, I, I have something to say to that person or whenever. And, and this is just my therapy. And if I go into, like, hey, hey, I'm not afraid of you anymore. I'm not afraid of you. I'm no longer 13. I am a grown-ass woman. And how dare you treat me in such a disgusting way? Having said that, I'm mad at myself for even getting upset about this. But guess what? I'm going to get better, and I'm going to do good. And guess what, person? I'm going to leave you in the fucking dust. <laughs> oh, that sounds so mean. But truly, I, I just, I'm so sick of protecting and tiptoeing. And it's like, listen, I, I've tried all I can do. I love you, but this is exhausting. Well, and just going back. It's not uh, my problem either. Sorry. A a little humility and a little remorse will get you a long way. But the fact, and I know you said you've seen it. My point is, boo, all right? You said you named one example that, you know. Yeah. One example that you can think of off the top of your head. I bet you could think of a thousand examples where she was a world-class shithead to you. That's my point. I've, my point is, I've, I've been with you on and off now for seven years, and yeah. I've, I've heard secondhand so many of the texts and, and the voicemails and whatever, and the next day I'm like, she apologized? And you're like, oh, no. You know, cut four days to the next example. She apologized? What? No, no. There's a pattern of not only being a fucking asshole, but also a pattern of zero shame, zero humility, zero remorse. Like, what? I don't... I don't remember. And even if I did, fuck it. Not my problem anymore. That was in the past. No, asshole. You've got, someone's got to hold her accountable. And it's just, I've never met a person who had such a lack of humility and shame. Just fucking whatever. As long as I get what I want. I, I know. We we haven't even brought up. I know. The the real twit, the real kicker to this is she's not just some, Single, live by myself. Oh, yeah, yeah. No responsibility human being. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's a mother of two, by yeah. the way. It's a mother of two. Well, here's the thing. Who I can't think... even put her kids first. Yeah. And I know she she'll, she she would surely and should debate that. You know, how dare you well, say good, that? Well, good, good. Debate it and choose and be good. Well, I'd be glad yeah. to riddle off example after example of evidence and of I, you not putting your children first. I think the thing here... What I'm trying to learn from all of this is like, okay, I'm I'm not in control of her. No, you're not. And no and you're one not, is. She, you're not obligated to save her. I, I get that you're family. I have family. But at what cost, boo? 
At what cost? Well, I just, I, I, ah, uh, I don't know. Uh, that's a good she question. She is not your responsibility. And I told your dad this to his fucking face. Sorry to be aggressive, but I like your dad. We have a fine relationship. But I told him that got two girls, all right? And, and the subtext here is, like, I sympathize with the tragedy that both of you guys went through as children. Yes. I can't imagine how difficult it would be to lose a big sister when you yourself are a child. My point is, you got two sisters, same opportunities, same family, same genetics, same tragedies. You guys have experienced everything together That's, for the most part. Well, growing up, yes. Growing but, up. Yeah. I'm saying, I know she, it was traumatic losing her sister, but you suffered the same trauma. I know recently it's traumatic to lose your mother. You've suffered, suffered the same trauma. Yeah, yeah. That, I yeah. know that no family is perfect. Whatever highs and lows, pluses and negatives about your parents, you both dealt with them. So my point is, you had two girls... With the same opportunity and the same traumas and disadvantages, one went this way. One, not that you're, and of course I'm biased. I'm not saying you're perfect, but one went this way, meaning one has worked hard to, at the very least in life, try to be a positive light. Regardless of what your resume looks like or your bank account looks like or whatever, at the very least, you have lived your life, for the most part, especially in the last three years, but even then, boo, even when you were a drunken mess, <laughs> underneath there was a good human being. And a, and a human being who, sober or drunk, was, had enough head on her shoulders to be like, okay, I admit when I'm wrong sometimes, or I have remorse, I have humility. But my point is, one went this way and one went that way. So fucking explain that. Who you blame that on? I know. Well, I think your point of view... And, and I'm sorry to interrupt, but one last point on that. If, if, if anything else, if there, a, a variable is one had two kids who really fucking need you. My, my point, you see what I'm saying? Like if, if one of the two girls, one of the two sisters had a, an excuse to not travel down the right path, it might be the one with almost no responsibility or obligation in terms of children. You would oh, think the right, other right. one, all things being equal, hey, now I've got this load to bear, this, this, this burden to carry. Not that children are a burden, but, and not that I would even know. I'm not, I'm not pretending to be a parent, but that's a big deal. Mm-hmm. I, I'm smart enough to know that, yeah, having two kids is a big deal and probably means you need to look yourself in the mirror and figure out how to put them first. Yeah. No, I know. I Sorry, I interrupted. Uh, no, it's okay. <laughs> You're going to get yourself. I think it's hard. I'm not giving any excuses. Yeah. I mean, that's shitty. And it's shitty behavior. And it's it's hard because I I think, you know what it is? It's like you're seeing. It's like, okay, here's my example. You are only seeing Mel Gibson post his craziness, okay? Remember Mel Gibson? That whole weird shit. And he just is... I, I, get, I get it. But you never saw her like Mad Max, or you never saw like the original but what Mel does, Gibson But what good does that do you today? I, as an adult. I think for me, that's what I've held on to, because I'm like, okay, I know... I know that there's good in there. You know, and I think that 
um, I, I just, I really, I always root for her because I don't want to lose another sister. And I, I don't know when my mom passed away. I remember being like, okay, I'm going to, now I'm the mom. And it's like, no kitty, no. And that's my codependency. And that's my addiction. It's not Judy's fault that I'm addicted to my family. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. My drug of choice is my family members. I'm a codependent (laughs) and I'll always be one. And I try to get healthy every day. I try to do my own stuff, but my, first go-to thing is, okay, what what can I do? Is everything okay? Like I am just in that emergency mode so much when you're at that high adrenaline level because we did survive a tragedy, but it just feels like I just don't want another one. Mm-hmm. But the shame is I think I forget, okay, Katie, but I need to protect myself because, you know, if, if she chooses to go down this path continually, it's, I have to let go. I have to let go and I have to understand, okay, this isn't about me. This is not about me. This is, has nothing to do with me. It's your stuff. Yeah. And, and, I, and I love you, but I, I'm not under the illusion that you're sitting around talking about me. <laughs> Because I used to be, I used to be under that illusion, but not anymore because I, the, the mask has been lifted. I've been doing enough self-work therapy, all that shit to know, oh, okay. I, these were the tactics played so I wouldn't get angry or upset and okay, now I get it. I just feel like I, I don't want to lose somebody, but also I know as a narcissist, narcissists don't kill themselves. Narcissists Mm -hmm. don't do a lot of things. Narcissists fucking manipulate. Mm -hmm. They know how to manipulate you to make you feel bad for your feelings. So it's that dance of understanding mental illness, understanding addiction in the way that I can, because I tried Al-Anon, but it made me like totally, I don't know, it just made me feel bad, and I just felt like we were talking about shit on people. (laughs) And I, I'm going to be in this process for a while. My question, I guess, is why does this trigger me so much? Why do I get so worked up? And that's my stuff that I have to work on. Well, I mean, it's understandable why you're responding to her shitty behavior. That, you know, that pushes your well, buttons. It's hard. I, get I that. mean, today she called. I called the detox place. She called me back and, like, Boo, her voice just sounded, it was like deep sad. Like I, could, I couldn't even, it wasn't manipulative It was it, because everything's drained out of her right now. And I know that that takes a process. That's a whole nother process. But it was like, oh shit, this is somebody that really doesn't like themselves. Mm-hmm. And I was acting like they did. I I took your narcissism as you really love yourself, but it's actually the exact opposite. And I I just heard that there was just such a darkness that I've never heard. But here's the thing. I think it's always been there. I'm just seeing it now and hearing it maybe. But 
I think that's what keeps me empathizing because I understand mental illness. I understand being depressed. I understand, okay, yeah, we were raised in a similar way. Okay, you know, but yeah, to hear her in that much sadness um, really shook me. And, and because, again, you're my sister, you know, and I know <laughs> that, that I, I guess that's just the constant push and pull that you have. And I want it to be like, yeah, yeah, sisterhood of the travel and whatever the fuck. I want it to be like we sit and watch fucking movies in bed and laugh. And, and we did have some times like this. And, and she does care. Like she, look, for all of her faults, she had, uh, we, we didn't go through the same trauma in our early 20s. Like her son, like Jack, the pregnancy with Jack was like, she almost lost Jack. She was in another state. My mom and dad didn't go. I mean, there were so many things. I just feel like there were times of, look, I'm doing positive things. Give me attention and reinforcement and love. And guess what? They weren't capable of giving that. So her audience just never got her. And of course, she's going to feel misplaced. And of course, like, it, it, it just, it's the wrong translation. You know what I mean? But I don't know. I just, ah, guys, sorry. Well, listen to the Bummer podcast. On. No, I mean, it's an interesting human moral dilemma of where's the line? How much shit are you supposed to put up with? I don't know. That's what I don't understand. And I also don't understand, I get, and by the way, I'm not virtue signaling. I get that life is tough. I get it. All walks of life, 7 billion people on the planet, 7 billion experiences, 7 billion different points of view. I get that life can be tough. But somewhere in your life, whether it be as a child, as a young adult, as an old person or whatever, it's up to you to do something about your life. And if you're not going to be a positive, if you're not going to contribute to the world around you, at the very least, don't be a negative. That's what I don't understand. Hey, you don't have ambition that's fine. You don't have goals and dreams and you don't find fulfillment in doing normal, positive things. That's your business. At the very least, don't try to drag everybody else around you down. Yeah. Don't shit on everybody else around you. If, you. if your life ain't where it's supposed to be and where you want it to be, that's something you need to deal with. But the, the, what you can control is not being a shithead to everyone else around you. Just be neutral. If you're not going to be a positive, at the very least, don't be a negative. I think... And this, and we've talked about this so many times, Boo, and you're right, but that takes what? Self-reflection. That takes what? Looking in the mirror. That takes, you know, <laughs> and that takes understanding. If you're, if you're at a level of a person that's like at a high frequency all the time, her adrenaline must be like shot at this point, um, and, and on and off meds and all that stuff, and, and alcohol, I, I mean biologically, you're just like a science experiment of, holy shit, what's happening? You know what I mean? Um, I guess I'm not trying to just stand up for her, but no, I, that's fine. I think the thing is, is I don't know her shoes. I think, or I don't know her shoes. I, I wish I met them. What? I don't know how her life is. I don't know how her mind is. I do know that I have contributed in 
hours and hours of phone calls trying to counsel her, putting myself in a God position, trying to counsel my dad. What does that trying, mean? Like, I, I'm not fucking God. I'm not going to... I would... Oh, so many hours and calls of me being like, okay, here's what you should do. Okay. da 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 da, da And then everything's going to be fine. How the fuck do I know? I don't know. And so finally... After a few years ago when I kept, I just was like, I don't know. I don't know the answers. Because guess what? I don't. I'm a fucking work in progress too. But ta- and, and that really stopped the craziness, at least for me, because she couldn't play that game anymore. Because the game was, let me call, let me bitch, let me moan about my life. Okay, I'll be on the phone for an hour complaining and not even ask you how you're doing. And that's rinse and repeat. But... I I allowed that. I allowed that person. We teach people how to treat us, and I taught her that that's okay. That's mm-hmm. our that's our thing. So getting healthy and trying to like set boundaries, it was hard for me because I'm like, I don't know. But now, as a grown ass woman, I could say, Hey, I don't like the way you talk to me. Don't talk to me that way, okay? Mm-hmm. And that's not me being mean. That's me saying, No, this isn't okay right now, and. And from a loving place, because I am, I love her, and I want her to love herself. But hurt people hurt people, and and I don't want to hurt anymore. Um, yeah. Yeah, I just... Well, and the real sad part is, she's a liability at this point. And what I mean is, I mean, she's dangerous. Well, I'm giving myself way too much credit, because I think, even the phone call today, she said, I'm sorry... And I, my heart was so cold, like when I was on the phone, I just got freaked out because I heard the tone and she was so sad. And then, uh, you know, she said, I'm sorry. And then I have so much rage where I'm like, really? What are you sorry for? Because I got a list. Yeah. You know what I mean? What are you referring <laughs> Which to? Which one? Um, but it wasn't a heartfelt, I'm sorry. She's not at her amends part of anything. I don't know if she's going to, I don't know what her sober journey is going to be. And I really pray it works, whatever it is. But she was like, okay, I need to do this for my boys and dad. And that's what she said to me on the phone. And, and it dawned on me in a way of like, oh, right. Like I don't matter. And, and not in a, yes, I'm sure you love me and cool, but I don't matter. I'm not in your point of view. I'm not in your life in that way. And what a gift. Yeah. Because I don't think my heart could take it. And I am so sick of putting myself in that. And wow, I guess I talking about this life like this now, I'm just like, oh yeah, I <laughs> I was doing what she did, but with her, with attention. Like, yeah. okay, you're gonna beat the fucking shit out of me with your words, but I'm gonna show up and one day you're gonna, I'm gonna be the Susie you've always wanted, the sister of your dreams, and it's like, oh yeah, no, no, she she can't give me that. Mm-mm. So no matter what I would do, no matter how many presents I would give, no matter how many counseling sessions I would let her have on the phone, I was never gonna be Susie. I was competing with a ghost. Yeah. And you know what? I'm not good at competing. I'm not really competitive. <laughs> and I don't need to do that anymore. And I think talking to her today, it didn't work anymore. Her sadness and her, you know what I mean? It just, I just hurt a sad person. And that made me feel badly. But, you know, what doesn't make me feel bad? 
you. What doesn't make me feel bad? This awesome podcast. What doesn't make me feel bad? Our family, our little two cats and a dog. And that's okay. And that's, that is in my lane. That is what I can control. Not you or the cats, but you get what I'm saying. Yeah. And so many times you've come home from visits with your family or phone calls with her or whomever, and you're just, you're just drained and you're just emotionally depleted. And I can see the sadness in your face. And what I try to remind you is your self-worth, they don't, they don't set the scale. They don't set your value. Your self-worth is not dependent on them. Yeah. It's not. Sure as hell ain't dependent on her. I mean, because that's just ridiculous. Well, and that's... But you've got yeah. to find fulfillment and happiness elsewhere. If you're depending on your family... For happiness? That's not <laughs> Well, and I was in such an happen. unhealthy way. I mean, I I was such a codependent person. And I, I keep saying this, guys, because what Dave just said, what you just said, Boo, about like, okay, put that, that energy elsewhere. Mm-hmm. I remember being in a hospital where I was forced to just be by myself. And it was like codependent boot camp. Uh, I literally... When you had your lung thing for Yeah, when I days. got sick. Yeah. I remember just being like, wait, what do I like? What yeah. what's my favorite music? You what, focus what on is Katie it? and not and, worry about anybody else. <laughs> and it it sounds it sounds good. Like, oh, she she focuses on everyone else. But no, it's a martyry. There's strings attached with codependency, like I'm gonna do this for you. I expect you to do it for me. I, you know, I'm gonna be the martyr. I look at look, I'm always busy. I'm always look at me. Oh my god, I'm so great. That was my getting attention. But but if I just slow down and say, wait, whoa, whoa, what what could I do? What what can I do to soothe myself right now? I didn't know. I had to learn all of this. And I'm still learning because I never got to figure that out. I was always focused on the drama of my family or whatever. And and they're probably like, why the fuck are you focusing on me? Go, do mm-hmm. your own thing. Exactly. <laughs> you know what I mean? And just like any addict or any person that struggles with whatever, when I start going down this rabbit hole of my sister and addicts and blah, I'm like, oh, wait, okay, what's, why is this hurting me? What's going on inside Katie that's putting up a mirror? And, and I see a lot of myself in my sister. I really do. And I'm not... Like what? I see if, if, I, never got, if I never got sick and got, stopped drinking, um, I could have gone down a, a, a road very similar, I think. Yeah, but even before, even when you were drinking, you still had plans. That's true. You had I had goals a goal. and dreams. And, and I'm, again, not piling on, not talking shit about somebody who's not here to defend themselves. But I, I, I never knew her. You never talked about what she wanted to do, what her hopes and dreams. Well, and I think she, Because you know, it all seems so, she's very superficial and materialistic. This is a woman who's had 20-something elective surgeries. Yeah. And narcissism isn't a career. I mean, there's but a joke think... to be made there about actors or something, but like, <laughs> yeah, I, I think part of her problem, and I'm not a psychologist, and I don't even know her very well, and yeah. thankfully Again, so. You've only seen the... But I don't, you've never spoken, your dad's never spoken, like, about, I don't know what her interests are. I don't know what her dreams were, other than to drive a Mercedes and to have plastic surgery, and... 
I think somehow that's all connected. That like going mm-hmm. back, to, I'm not trying to like connect dots that aren't there, but like me me ranting about reality TV and but like materialism and self centeredness and and all that leads to that leads down that path. Like you've got to have the well, ability to care about something other than yourself. Yeah. If if you want to go out and do something meaningful. What 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 good can you do? What's meaningful about being up your own ass 24/7? I think only caring about your clothes and your car and your surgeries and where you well, live and your house. Like <laughs> no, you got to find something else. I think also though, boo, is that those are all distractions from mm-hmm. oh my god I am so sad inside and why am I so sad? And she doesn't seem that so, so sad. That's my sister and she survived the same thing. And my dad's a rageaholic and I'm so sad. So I'm the only thing I can control is where I live, what I look like, what, you know what I mean? What I present to people, but I, no matter what, there's this thing inside me that I can control how you treat people. Yeah. No, but I'm just saying distraction, I'm just defending. I, I get your point. You know that's a what great I mean? point. It is. And it it is. I'm very smart. No, but, but I, I, that's a point I hadn't really thought of. Like, that's a distraction from her misery. Because she was told she was dumb her whole life. She was told she was only pretty. She was told. So guess what? She just said, yes, and. Okay, I'm the dumb blonde. All right, I'll play that part. Mm. And then she learned, okay, this is how guys take me seriously, is when I act this role. That's why she can't stand me. It's because I'm impervious to her ridiculous feminine charm. <laughs> but no, like they have this weird, like she knows how to control men. Mm-hmm. And I went the other way. I just was like, oh, you're a straight man? Goodbye. I'm going to shut down around you and never speak. I remember like around when I met your friends for the first couple times, I just went quiet because straight men are... My nightmare. Um, not you. I love you, boo. But you know what I mean. Like, that's why I love gay men and ladies. Like, Well, I don't know exactly what you mean. I mean, you don't have a long history of poor relationships, do you? With, no, with I don't men? have. No. I think it's, it's people I can't, because my dad was the, is an alpha male, right? Mm-hmm. And I was just grown up in alpha male world. Mm-hmm. And so I associate any man that is straight, alpha male, and scary, like unsafe. Hi, your name is unsafe. I'm not going to be normal around you. But that's why that happens automatically around me, mm-hmm. I think, to protect myself. But if you're a gay man, there's no threat there. Okay, cool. The, or if you're a lady, there's no threat there. I My mom is in my head, so I'm like, cool, we're mm-hmm. good. But, yeah, around that figure, I just can't connect. And that's a, that's been something I've had to work on. Like, wait, Katie, there are people, too. Like, <laughs> like, I'm almost the reverse misogynist. Like, I have to be like, wait, what? what's Dave's point of view? Interesting. Okay, because I love you so much. And I have villainized. Uh, I villainize my dad a lot. And I just associate his point of view to all straight men mm-hmm. point of view. Does that make sense? Yeah. So, I mean, my mind is a wonderland, but I think it did make me feel better to talk about it. <laughs> Even though if I seem like a psychopath, 
Well, you know, I hope I hope she gets help. I hope she gets better. I don't like having someone in my life that I don't like. And I'll admit, I don't like I don't have a reason to like her because she's she's been so shitty to you and then eventually she was shitty to me. Yeah. We won't have to get into all that again, but my well for your sake, I I hope she gets and her 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 son's sake, I hope she gets help and I hope she But it is hard. And it's well, and you're coming from a and I'm not trying to I know all families are crazy and whatever, but like you're coming from a like you guys danced on Friday nights. Like you guys were so cute and normal. Like I Oh, when I was very small. When you were you danced. <laughs> no, I know. Out of context. Yeah. <laughs> When I was three, uh, we we didn't have much. Well, the whole time I was a child, we didn't have a lot of extra money. But I remember being three and four, and uh, on Saturday nights, instead of going out to eat or something or spending money, Dad would just crank up the radio, <laughs> and I would sing and dance. Me and Dad and Jay would sing and dance to uh, early '80s classic country. That is the greatest thing I've ever heard. Uh-huh. See, that is so cute. It's fun. That is so cute. I've got um, audio tapes of that somewhere. Oh, no. Really? Looking for Love by Johnny Lee. Looking the, for there's, Love there's in cassette all tapes the wrong places. <laughs> I love that that was your song. Anyway, what were you saying? So oh. my family was somewhat normal. Well, you're coming from a definite, like, again, not excusing it. Mm-hmm. We're just so used to it. Much like, you know, putting the dumbbells by the door and being like, mm-hmm. oh, this is just Hurricane Judy happening. That... You you coming into it, it's like, oh, right. This isn't normal. It's so not normal. <laughs> this isn't a so normal so abnormal. Thing. Like, I couldn't believe it. And, and I'll say this real quick. Uh, before I met her, I knew you for many years before I actually met her. And if I'm being honest, a lot of the stories you told me, I, in the back of my mind, I was like, she wasn't that bad. Katie's yeah. exaggerating. Well, that's the thing. And that's and what the trigger for me. And I was like, oh, no. no. <laughs> she, she was underselling it, if anything. I think I'm like, okay, I, and I could go down the like road, but I, I want to, I want to just say there are things that I do remember that there was good Mm -hmm. too. For example, Judy was the person, the only person that came to my side when I was getting a surgery in another state. Mm -hmm. She, like, that's the thing. I feel like it's like. She gave it a try. You know what I mean? There's always a, like, I'm going to do good. But then alcohol comes into play, mm-hmm. and it ruins, and it fucks it up. Um, my sister got a- your Your dad sent her, though. <laughs> yeah, my dad. She didn't buy the point, too. <laughs> and she, was going she came as a into represent- my eyes. <laughs> representative of the family, which is still fine. I know. I, listen, I, I just, I have a lot of work to do. As a human, as we all do. But um, I don't know. It was, I think for me today, the takeaway for me is like, oh, cool. I don't have to deal with it anymore. Yeah. And Nor should you. And at least that's, and usually I, I would just be crying about this. And I did cry a little bit, but I'm proud of myself for being like, oh, wait, okay. This is a sick person. It's like somebody that has the flu. I hope they don't get the flu again. But if they do, I'm not the one that gave it to them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? Yeah, it's a good way to look at it. And also, addiction sucks, dude. It's hard. Yeah. 
But hey, I love you. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. And I don't, I don't want to come off as an asshole or too judgy, but like I said, I'm not just picking somebody off the street and laying into them. You know, this is a woman who's tormented the woman I love. The person I love most in this world has been on the receiving end of some good old fashioned bullshit. As, as far as I've, as long as I've known you. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but I guess my question is this, would, I just wish if I was this healthy Buddha like person, I, I think the healthiest way I would have never just brought it up because I would have distanced myself and right yeah. that way. So you would have, if I was super duper healthy, you probably would have never even heard about her. Right. Well, if she were my sister and she did that, yeah, she'd be out of my life. Yeah, you wouldn't talk I mean, about I, it. Maybe I'll see you at Thanksgiving. But uh, short of that, you're, no, don't call me. I'm blocking you. We're done. Yeah. You've lost that privilege. And I know that sounds narcissistic, like, oh, being in my circle is a privilege. But it is. Not that my circle is great, but you have to treat it. People have to earn their way in, and they could also get booted out. Yeah. And that works for me in other people's circles. You know, I... I I very easily could be booted out of someone else's circle. I'm just saying, and I get that it's somewhat different with family, but at the end of the day, it's still your life, and she's not entitled to just shit all over your life whenever she wants. Well, she doesn't have that is, right. She doesn't, and that's and her. that's what she's done. Whenever she feels like it, she just picks up the phone and starts a fucking fight. Guess what? I'm an adult. I don't need that in my life. Fuck the fuck off. See you later. We're done. Well, taking that, taking that power away is, has been hard for me because I still, it's almost like you're, uh, what's that syndrome when you like, you're, you're understanding your capture, your capture. What's that? Stockholm syndrome. Uh, yeah, Stockholm syndrome. Like I feel I just go into this mode of like, no, but we're great and everything's fine. And it's like, no, 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 Katie. You can you can be observant and not be judgmental, but this this is not okay behavior. And for me, I had to learn, okay, well, wait, what if Dave was telling me this about his brother? And I would hunt him down and I would take his eyeballs out of his head. You know what I mean? So I get it. Not saying you're – but it, like if roles reversed mm-hmm. – so I understand your anger and frustration. And I think for so many years, it's maybe the Christianity, I don't know, of like, oh, forgive and like whatever. And it's like, you know what? I'm going to be pissed for a little. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. Because we're adults and everyone should get pissed. And anger isn't horrible, especially for women. Be angry. Mm-hmm. There's a reason why. Because anger underneath is sadness. And why am I sad? Well, I'm sad that I'm grieving another sister, a loss of another sister, and that sucks. But there w- really wasn't a sister bond there anyway. Yeah. So I didn't really grieve. You know, I was told that, like, oh, sisters, and you're only going to be there. And it's like, no. Sometimes it just doesn't work out in that way, and that's okay. So what are the new expectations? And... You know, that's where I have to start. Ugh. So, yeah, I'm a... <laughs> There's a... Have you seen the Smash Hit movie, Drop Dead Fred? No. Okay, well, for all of you that have, 
that I mean, I'm with you. It's the greatest movie ever made. But there's at the end, it's it's a, a story about an imaginary friend. But the mom in it is really mean to the little girl, the main character. And at the end, she faces her mom as an adult and says, I'm not afraid of you anymore. And takes the wind out of something. Or like there's a signal of like the mom shrinking. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and that's how I feel. I'm like, okay, you're not, I'm not afraid of you anymore. Because it makes me so sad that you don't like yourself this much. Mm-hmm. And that's that's the real okay. Just and that's what I said today on the phone. Like, just love yourself. It's hard watching me watching you not love yourself. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And I think the root of a lot of my frustration is obviously anybody who's treating you like shit is going to be an enemy of mine. But the the reason this is so frustrating is it's not just two people butting heads or two people with with strong points of view that just can't line up and get on the same page. I would love that. 90% of the shit that she starts is completely unnecessary and completely avoidable. Mm -hmm. You see what I'm saying? It's not, there's gay pride. Yay pride! Um, It's not, it's not two people that just, uh, well, she's got a point, but then so does she, and she feels strongly about this, but she feels strongly about that. No, 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 no. This is, I'm bored, I'm a piece of shit, and <laughs> I'm going to start a fight. Fuck you. And but I'm, if that's like, how you... That mentality yeah. is unacceptable. This is completely unnecessary. This is completely avoidable. She just starts shit out of thin air because I'm bored. Yuck. Get the hell away from me. That's why this is so frustrating. I get it. It's completely (laughs) unnecessary. No, it is. Like, you're just picking a fucking fight for no reason. Wow. I don't have room for people like that in my life. Get out. That's why, that's the root of why this is, you know, it's like. I know. Some things are just unavoidable. This was very avoidable. And I'm talking about this meaning just her behavior towards you. And I get everything you've said up to now that, you know, the reason she does that. But, like, on the surface, you're just picking a fucking fight for zero reason. Go do it somewhere else. You're not doing it here. You're not going to do it in in my life. Yeah. And she's a liability. She lies so much that she is a liability. I said this to you. I will never, ever, ever ever be in the same room as her alone? <laughs> Seriously? I'm not there's no hyperbole. I know. I will never be alone with her in a room because I she's the kind of person that would just say, "Hey, tried to rape me." <laughs> what? Yeah. "Hey, tried to rape like she's the kind of person that would call and get you fired or make up a false accusation." Like yeah. she is a liability well, and I'm there's no hype there. I will never no. be alone with her. Just because she cannot be tra- She looked her own son in the eye and said that your dog is dying and we got to put him down. Completely fucking made that up. Yeah. I'm sorry. We said we weren't going to give too many examples. Yeah, I know. You're going to look your own son in the eye and tell him that his dog has to be put down when... Well, I Didn't think- even go to the vet, by the way. That wasn't like bending, oh, we got a diagnosis of this, but it was really... No, no, no. Zero problem. Yeah. Zero problem. Hey, apropos of nothing, I'm going to fucking make up this story about your dog dying. That's the kind of person... Well, that, that could get other. That could get me in trouble. I I agree, and I think 
<sighs> it's it's hard for me because I want to learn how to empathize and I want to be a better person and I want to see somebody's point of view. But when that point of view is clouded by something that makes them different, I, I it, it's like, oh, well, yeah, well, she was absolutely shit-faced. However, that doesn't give an excuse. But I guess I'm like, okay, well, what's the behavior behind that? And I'm trying to figure it out. And that's where I go into wormholes of, okay, well, wait, why would, you know, I, I try to figure out the whole riddle of my sister and it's like, oh, wait, no, I don't have to do that because that's energy I'm expending. And, and same with you. Like, I, I don't want you to have to get upset and angry about it. You know, like, it doesn't make me feel good to see you get so sad and upset. But I, I, I think it's like the plant we water, right? So we don't want to feed negative energy. We don't want to feed the negative plant, but I need to learn how to feed the positive plant, but not the I'm checked out because I'm in my happy place plant. <laughs> I I think a lot of the time I was, I would just go to my happy place and be like, it's fine. Everything will be good, mm-hmm. you know? And, and unfortunately it's not fine and it's not good right now. Exactly. That's my, that's the over, that's the moral of the story is it's not okay. It's not it's okay. It's not okay. It's not good. If you want to ruin your own life, Hey, that's sad, and I'd vote against it, but I can't stop you. Don't drag me down. Like, don't bring your bullshit into my life. That's my point, and that's my, the root of my frustration. I and when I say my life, I mean our life. Yeah. I don't give a fuck what she does or says to me. I know. I got thick skin, she, and I'm not being cold-hearted. She means nothing to me yeah. other than, you know, I respect that she's the sister of the woman I love. But beyond that, like, we're not friends. Right. I don't, I didn't yearn my whole life. That, <laughs> oh, one day I'm going to grow up and have a sister-in-law. Like, I got another sister-in-law. She's fine. She's great. That's fine. That, that box has been checked. Yes, in a perfect world, I'd love to have a fine relationship with her. I don't think that's ever going to happen. My point is, all my root, the root of my anger is because of how she treats you. And I think... And I so appreciate that. And I think seeing that, I think from her point of view, seeing it scared her away. And that's why she hasn't been up my asshole being mean or, you know, texting me 67 times or FaceTiming me or saying she needs me or whatever. And, and then saying, well, it was just a cry for help, you know. And I think that's bullying in itself. Even, you know, oh, I'm... I'm doing this crazy behavior. That's a cry for help. Well, or you're just an asshole. Or, or just stop mm-hmm. and and understand. How are you doing, Katie? Wow, your mom died too. Mm-hmm. Wow, your dad called you dimble fuck too growing up. That must have sucked. Hey, let's get together and actually unpack this. Hey, I want a relationship with you. I'm going to pay for therapy for both of us to go to so we could have sibling therapy. If that's okay with you, I'll take care of it because that's how much our relationship means to me. That Those are things you could say to me and that will make me change my mind. But not just, I'm sorry, and that's it. 
Sorry, no. Sorry don't mean shit. I'm it no. mean, uh, an, an instant. And I used sorry. to do that to you. Yeah. I used to do that to you yeah. all the time. You, sorry. It's this it's this <laughs> attitude of I've said I'm sorry. What else do you want exactly. from me? Exactly. I want for this to not fucking happen but again. But now that you know where I'm where I came from, mm-hmm. you understand it's like it, it was always okay, look forward. Don't look back. Well, sometimes, and yes, you don't want to. You don't want to just look back. No, and I don't. That's look depression. Back. I don't dwell on the past. But, but you have to learn from exactly. the past. Exactly, you have to learn, and then I just, I, I think there's so many expectations that are failed on both sides, me and my sister's side. You know, um, that there's just so much miscommunication. I don't know the language. I don't know my sister's language. I barely know my dad's language. And they get each other. It, they get each other's language, which is great. And congratulations. But that doesn't make me wrong or weird or bad. And I used to take it so personally, like, oh, you know, why? Why am I this weird girl? And it's like, I'm not weird. I'm me. And guess what? I am fucking weird, but in a great way. And I've just had to learn how to let my freak flag fly. And guess what? I did. And I learned how to love myself in a way that works. And I'm with my soulmate now, you know? And it it's one of those things that I, I have to do so many things every day to be normal because I do struggle with depression and I am ADHD and there are some dark stuff inside of me. But I want to tr- live a life where I take all that and I I don't put it on anyone else and I can control it mm-hmm. and I can forgive myself because if I hold myself if I just get so angry, like how my sister is so angry all the time, and my dad is too, it's like, well, I know that that's how they feel about themselves. Mm-hmm. Having distance, I could say that. But when you're in it, you feel so, you take it so personally, like, oh my God, why? You know, you make it, you, I make, I can be the victim in any case. I'm very good at being the victim. You remember, I'm, I'm a good victimizer. Mm-hmm. But, I just think, oh, right, now that I've had this space to be with you and to understand that peacefulness is normal. What? Yes. You you say I love you. And that should be the goal, you actually, peace and happiness. You actually mean it? You're not being sarcastic? Wait, what do I have to do to make you love me? You know, that's that's a codependency mind that I always have to be like, no, peace is good. Let's do peace. Okay, well, how can I make this person stay better? How can I not just go down shame spiral Judy Road? And I'm still working on it. But I guess, you know, what I'm saying is I'm perfect. <laughs> I love you. I'm sorry we didn't take any phone calls at all. Uh, yeah, this is this podcast is turning into our I, own therapy session. I know. I'm sorry, everybody. <laughs> Hey, it is what it is. It is. But that's what's going on. How's your quarantine, everyone? <laughs> well, and I, you know, I, part of being a semi-enlightened adult is to root for people who don't deserve it. And, I, you know, it's no secret how I feel about her, but I don't wish, you know, I don't wish anybody harm. Of course not. And I, I wish her the best. Yep. But I'm not going to be a part of her life until she convinces me that it's worth it. Well, and you tell me this. It's like don't don't tell me, show me. Yeah. 
And I, that was a really hard thing for me to learn. Really, it was because mm-hmm. I'm so, I would just give people gifts or I would just be like, oh, don't, don't, I'll, I'll pay for this tab or don't, don't look back at the stuff because I couldn't take criticism because mm-hmm. it just crippled me. And to this day, it's hard for me to take criticism. I'm a human being. Criticize, please. I need it. That's how we get better. But I, I associate it with, oh my God, you hate me. Mm-hmm. And then, I would attack back. And and I think, sorry, that's such a weird, I'm going on a tangent, that's but right. I'm just saying, I think criticize, criticalness is something that no one likes to get, but that's what makes us better. So I almost had to be friends with that. You know, like, okay, these, this isn't somebody just yelling at me to yell at me, not that yeah. you yell at me or whatever, but just, oh, this is what you're saying. And I would have to learn how to say to you, oh, you're, here's what I'm hearing. Yeah, there's a difference between constructive <laughs> criticism and abuse. And you're like, wait, this is what you're hearing, really? Because this is what I said. And mm-hmm. it's like, oh, now we can have a conversation because now you understand my point of view. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's just learning that dance with somebody. Mm-hmm. But that's built on trust. And so, like you, I'm, I guess I'm, I'm optimistic I'm cautiously optimistic about this because I feel like, you know what? Let let's let's start over. Awesome, but you gotta you gotta do the heavy lifting because I'm tired. Yeah, and the only good thing that comes from sadness or depression or dark times is a little humility. Yeah. <laughs> Keeping you grounded, keeping you connected to the world. So if nothing else, maybe this will humble her a little. Yeah, and that's the thing. As a sober person, here's the thing. Lovely, lovely, yes, can be an asshole like all assholes. But you know what? Would would put... Easter brunches together even after my sister died on Easter because she really wanted it to be fun for our family would try to to be that good sister or daughter and like let's do Christmas here let's you know and she had a tough crowd because we are the most sarcastic (laughs) we were really sarcastic and negative and like Mm -hmm. over at people because we were so sad so yeah it but see, you're not that at all. That's why, that's why I love you the most, boo. The, the, the trait that you have that I love the most is you're, you're not jaded. You're not cynical. You're not over it. You're a... I can be. I can be with certain things, though. Really? Yeah, I mean, this conversation, I've been kind of jaded and over it. Well, no, there's a... <laughs> my point is, you're not jaded for no reason. Gotcha. Okay. We all know there's people that are just... Over everything yeah. all the time. Really? You've got a negative opinion about everything in your field of vision? <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> That's fun. <laughs> uh, but you're not it's that deflating. at all. It's deflating. Well. I get that this can be deflating. Yeah. that Well, that type of person is deflating. And that's why. But if you learn how to put that armor up of like, all right. Uh, come on. And it, it does bounce off of you. When I'm in a space of what, what can I focus on? What am I doing with my life? Okay, let's not focus on that. Let me do, you know, it, it doesn't even hit me. But that, uh, yeah, Ugh, it's 
just... Welcome to Codependent Mind with Katie and Dave. <laughs> yeah, this has all been an experience for me. This um, is all... Well, and I appreciate you. I appreciate you being the voice of reason, and I appreciate you in enduring all my... I just feel like I go in loops. Like I, I go into my rants and rants, and it's the same thing. It's like, okay, come on. But it's a tough thing to navigate. It is, and no one knows. It's just like grieving. It really, it's a no one understands anyone's experience with this. Mm-hmm. You might be able to, oh, I have a cousin like that, or a sister, or a brother, but no one knows. I don't know their story or their journey or what's going on or what their issues are. So it's it's a journey that you have to take to for yourself, not for the other person. Yeah. So you can make peace with that. So you can step away and say, okay, this isn't good for me. This medicine that I'm taking sucks. Well, I just hope that no matter which path she goes down moving forward here, I hope that you find peace with whatever it is. Thanks, boo. Because you deserve it, boo. You d- you, simply put, you deserve better. Thank you. You don't deserve to be treated like that. And But I have, I have the greatest nephews in the entire existence of the world that bring me so much joy. It's amazing that somehow... Like both she, those both those boys. She made two of the greatest humans yeah, they're, they're on good planet dudes. Earth. Real good dudes. And so it's like, you and know if, what? If any teenage boy <laughs> had an excuse to lash out to be a, and be a shithead, it would be those boys, but they've chosen not to. And one of the, the, the I mean, they just they teach me how to be a better person mm-hmm. and to keep going forward. They yeah. do. And that's amazing. But and so do you, Boo. And thank you. Thank you for listening. <laughs> And thank you guys. And I'm sorry I totally didn't take, we didn't take calls today. That's all right. <laughs> this is our podcast. Oh, um, that boy. being said, uh, appreciate the hell out of everybody's listening. Uh, appreciate all the uh, ratings and reviews on iTunes. I'll tell you that again in the outro. But uh, if you haven't already and you enjoy hearing us ramble for two hours about somebody else <laughs> that, you, that you have no point of reference <laughs> with, uh, leave us a rating and review um, and spread the word. Uh, Thank Any, you, Anything guys. to plug, Boo? Uh, no. Yeah. We'll save word of mouth till next week. I feel like they deserve... My word of mouth this week deserves a... Uh, oh, yeah, uh, like a happy intro. <laughs> a, happier, a happier episode. Yeah. I'm like, I don't know. Real Housewives, New York, season three. Okay. I um, love you guys. Thank thanks, you for listening. Thanks for sharing that with us, Boo. Oh, thanks, Boo. Love you. Bye. Hey, everybody. Thanks so much for listening to the Stonebergs podcast. If you enjoyed it, it would mean a lot to us if you could take a few seconds to rate and review it on iTunes. And if you don't listen to it on iTunes but still want to help out, simply tell a friend, as word of mouth is so important. Follow us on Instagram, at the Stonebergs podcast. Follow us on Twitter, at the Stonebergs. And lastly, give us a call 24-7 and leave a voicemail at 562-548-2012. That's 562-548-2012. Thanks for listening.